Hello there, this is Alex Sinek, Life Beyond 55 from Latitude Margaritaville in beautiful Daytona Beach, Florida. Today, I have a very, very special guest. She's a resident of our community and she just came back from the Olympics and it's just, I just want to know all about it. I never made it there. And uh, of course it's far away, Japan and everything. And I know Denise Wipasnik, is that the way we pronounce your name? Uh, you know, I know I dragged you off from the pool. You know, I just got home a little bit earlier and I know you were sunning out there and enjoying the beautiful facilities. So welcome, welcome. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, you're doing really good today? I am. It's a bit, it was a bit of a mess in the middle, but the storm went away and we were out there just relaxing in the sun. I know I was driving home and I'm like, I was bringing my daughter home. Uh, we were at, uh, my wife's mom passed away uh, mm -hmm. on Monday. So we had a funeral yesterday and we were coming back. So it was kind of a somber event. And I said to my daughter, I said, it's raining. I have to drop you off. I have to come home and pick up some papers. I said, but you know what? I guarantee it's not gonna rain over our house. And she goes, how do you do that? So I just, they reached over to the dash and pressed a button there. And I said, you'll see. And we pull up and there was no rain. I got the papers, got in the car, started drizzling. She goes, well, it's going to rain at my house. She lives down the street. I'm like, okay, let me fix that too. Push the button. I said, as soon as we get to your place, no rain. And there was no rain. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, how long you've been at Margaritaville and where did you come from? Like, where did you locate from? Um, I've been in Margaritaville for two years. Um, I came from Virginia via Maryland, and um, we have we've closed, I guess, two years ago on in July, and I officially moved in that November. I retired and came down. My husband is still working. We have a printing company up in Virginia. A printing company. Mm -hmm. So he commutes down every week. Okay, so you're enjoying the sunshine and he's working. Exactly. <laughs> Great program, right? Great program. To like about that. <laughs> I have another neighbor down the street. He's here and she's up there in Ohio, you know? I yeah. said, when is she coming down? He, go, he goes, when the snow falls. <laughs> exactly. I um, told him I'm not doing snow anymore. <laughs> no, no, I'm from Canada originally, so I know what you mean. You know, we're in the snow belt there. Uh, what kind of a pr printing business? Like, what, what kind of a printing do you folks do? Um, well, we do wide format. Um, we do a lot of work for conventions. So we do all of their pamphlets and their um, inserts and all the little cutouts that they do. Right. And just, you know, we do the walls where they cover up a whole wall. The banners, you do the big yeah, banners, the banners and everything. Oh, that's really cool. How long do you folks had that business? Oh, 30 some years. Wow. So when your husband is ready to come down, is he going to sell the business, transfer the business, give it to your kids or relatives or what? I think we're just going to sell it. You're going to sell it. Okay. Well, if you've been in business for 30 plus years, then you probably have a really good database of clients and good yes. loyal customers. So it's probably a, a good, good business to have. Well, that's great. So tell me about, uh, well, first of all, there's other Margaritaville. So how come you pick Daytona? Why did I pick Daytona? Well, my husband picked Daytona. <laughs> Is he a biker? <laughs> we, we do. We do have a Harley. Um, he was 
we had originally looked in Venetian Bay and we were all, we put a contract out and everything. And then um, Margaritaville contacted us with a water lot, which is what we wanted. And um, I really liked the house in Margarita, I mean, in uh, Venetian Bay. And Bob takes me here and shows me around. I was like, all right. And then he's like, I'd be more happy with you here because there's more things for you to do and more people for you to meet. And I was like, all right. So we moved here, but it was mostly his idea. So Uh, um, it hadn't opened up yet um, and nor had Water Sound. But I've I've been to Water Sound, not interested. And I understand Hilton Head is a little, not as, it's not as good as here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I have differences of opinion from people, but a lot of people that have been to other places of Margaritaville, they go, this is the one we want. And it's, you know, close to the beach and everything. And it just seems to be so much nicer and lots of activities. And, uh, you know, so it's, it seems to be a good group. And uh, you're one of the first ones. You've been here two years. I, I moved in in November last year, right around Thanksgiving. My wife and I came here. We, we lived in Daytona for like three years before. Mm-hmm. And then uh, before that, lived in Tampa. Uh, my wife is a third generation Floridian. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, see, you've probably seen her around. She's a tall redhead. Yes, I know who yeah. she is. <laughs> That's right. So, so I am just dying to know this. Sal Gentile is the one that recommended I speak with you. And he goes like, I got this lady. You're going to love her. She's amazing and all I says, I've probably seen her because I looked at your picture. I've probably seen you at some of the events or maybe at the pool or somewhere. And then he goes, she went to the Olympics. And I'm like, I want to talk to this lady. So tell us about it. First of all, how did you get there or what prompted you? Were you representing something? Just tell us all about it. Okay. Well, um, my children um, were swimmers and I would be sitting on the side of the pool deck watching them swim, you know, be there for like two, three hours and watch to watch them swim for like two minutes. And I couldn't take the mothers going, what did Zach swim? How fast did Zach swim? I swim now. I couldn't do that. So I walked down to them and I said, what can I do? You need, I need to get out of the stands. What can I do? So I became a timer. And then I asked them, well, these people in these uniforms, how can I become one of those? And so I went to training for those and became just a stroke and turn where you stand on the side of the pool and judge the swimmers, make sure they're following all the rules of the stroke. And um, my son was very, very good at swimming and he took off literally and figuratively. And he was in a swim meet, um, a big swim meet. He was top seed. He was slated to run to win the um, 200 breast. And so we're all watching and he's disqualified for a false start. And I, I was like, he didn't move. What are they talking about? And I went down to the, I marched my mom butt down to the, the referee and I was like, what's going on? Please explain to me what my son did. And he said, well, he moved his foot and you know he was in motion and da, 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 da. And I looked at him, I said, okay, how do I become one of these starters? Because I don't want this to happen to another child. And that's how I started starting. <laughs> so I've been doing it for about 26 years. Oh, wow. um, day swimming and I worked my way up from local meets all the way up to national meets and then um, they saw me as an I guess an elite starter it's more than just take your mark and um, 
I was chosen to be on the list for Iwana, which is the North America, Central America, and South America, and the islands. And I started some meets with them. And then I was picked to be on the FINA list, which is for meets all around the world. And I was seen by the Olympic Committee and my name was thrown in the hat and the world basically decided on me to be the starter for the Tokyo Olympics. So um, it's an honor because I represented the world and the other starter, not to belittle what he did, but he was basically from Tokyo. So they picked their best starter. So okay. that's how that happened. So uh, I'm curious, did, did any of the kids make it to the Olympics? <laughs> No, <laughs> my son, he swam for college. He hit his swimming, got him his college degree and okay. basically made him graduate because, you know, when you're in college as an athlete, they make you go to um, study hall and they have tutors and whatnot. So he graduated with a business degree and he's doing fabulous. So Good. once he finished swimming for the SECs, he looked at me and he basically was a mic drop. He dropped his goggles he dropped his swim cap and he said mom I'm not doing it anymore because he qualified to go to NC2As which is the next biggest meet to right, um, right. The trials oh wow okay and uh so when when did you get there and when did you come back um so I got there on I left here on the 20th of July and I got there on the 21st 16 hours later so it time difference it was wow it was yeah so it, it took 16 hours to get there um and i came home then two weeks monday okay that monday so i was there for 14 days so you left from here you flew from orlando no i flew from daytona i went okay. to atlanta and then atlanta straight to tokyo Wow, straight to Tokyo from Atlanta. Straight to Tokyo, yeah. So you were in the air for what, 15 hours or? Um, that flight was 14 hours and then it was the hour to get to Atlanta. So, so do, you, do they have like, uh, you know, golfing on, on the airplane? Yeah, do they I have wish. 14 <laughs> hours at yeah, least? But, did you get some good seats? Was, it, was the, it was a jumbo jet. You know, you're expecting lots of people and there's probably, and I'm not exaggerating, there might've been 15 people on the flight because Tokyo is closed. So I had the whole plane to myself and, you know, I had laid across a row of seats to sleep. So that was nice. And I basically had my own personal um, flight attendant. <laughs> which which airline back, was it? On the way back, there was like 30 people. So again, it was nobody's flying in and out. Which airline did you fly? Um, Delta. Delta flew all the way there, 14 hours. So, I mean, that 14 hours, that's like a, a, a ton of time. So did you fly overnight or? or? Well, I left, I left Daytona um, at 6 a.m. And then I got to Atlanta. And then I think my flight took off at 11 in the morning. And then, I'm not even 10, no, it was 10.30. I'm sorry, it was 10.30. And then I got to Tokyo at like five o'clock in the evening. Oh, so so what kind of a time change between here and Tokyo? Well, the time difference is 14 hours. Um, no, I'm sorry, thir no, it's 14 hours, right? No, 13 hours, that's what I think. Yeah, um, okay. So like when it's 6 
a.m. here, it's 7 p.m. there. Of the previous day or today? The next day. Next day? Yes. Somewhere I lost a day. Uh, well, when you were flying there, I guess uh, one day disappeared. On the way back, you got home before you left. Exactly, I did. <laughs> It's so bizarre. <laughs> I know it's it's so funny. The I don't see. I'm not that smart, so I don't know. Did you cross the the international date line? Date line? Yes. Yeah. So you did. Yes. So, that's why I'm the day. Yeah. So it's it's the next day because you crossed yeah. over the date line. So yeah. really, that day kind of disappeared in between there, sort of. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's really really interesting. So. Uh, so this this the Olympic Committee is that they paid for this and they paid you they put you up and all that kind of stuff. Um, they do all that. So they paid for my flight, my accommodations. I got a stipend for my meals, and I did get paid. Um, I got paid some monies just for my being there. But right, it wasn't, right, yeah. Not like I'm going to be rich from it or anything. <laughs> no, no. But it was it was must have been an incredible. So tell us about it. Like, what did you do and how did it go and how many meets you were at and did you get some free time off and all that? So tell us a little bit about your experience. Because of COVID, um, we were pretty much quarantined the whole time. And so we would go from the hotel room to the pool. We being the officials, we were all in the same hotel. The hotel to the pool, pool to the hotel. And it was about an hour ride each way. So we were four hours in a bus. Um, we were not allowed to leave the hotel. We, they had um, banquet seating for us to eat if we chose to eat use, with their food, but we'd have to pay for it. Um, and it was so funny. They were, you know, the long banquet tables. They had plexiglass where you would sit between the black plexiglass to eat. So it, all this plexiglass they had on all the tables. Um, we had to have gloves on. Um, we had to have our temperature checked before we went in to eat and hand sanitizer and they would serve us our food. And if we were not talking or eating, I'm sorry, if we were not eating, we had to have our mask on. And um, it was very, very regimented, regimented. I had to take my temperature every morning and report it. I had to um, do a COVID test every morning by saliva. I had to spit in this little tube every morning and it had to be checked. Um, and then I had an app on my phone that I was required to install that um, was basically a GPS so they could keep track of me to know that I was not, if I was not following the instructions given to us by leaving or whatever they would know. And it was more to keep track of whether or not I came in contact with somebody that may have contracted COVID than they would have yanked me and put me in quarantine. Because we watched you all the time, watch you all the time. Yes. Um, but our whole goal was to keep the athletes safe, you know, yes, of course. And I was perfectly fine with doing that. And um, so that the athletes would know that when we're on deck, we are not any, you know, in any way, shape or form going to get them any COVID. So yeah, no, no, I understand. So, so because of that, I didn't get to see much of Tokyo, only what I saw from the bus. So I took lots of bus, bus pictures. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this. Did you, uh, when you went to the swim meet, uh, you know, when the swim meet uh, finished, were you able to stay and watch other events or, or no? No. Um, diving would have been going on, would go on when we were not there. 
um, but we were not allowed to stay and watch. So nope. they wanted us, they whisked us away after every um, session. Um, when we were finished, we had two morning sessions, which were evening on that, the last Saturday and Sunday. Then they allowed us to go to the other pool where they had water polo and we were allowed to watch that, but it was only at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, well, it, it, it must have been fabulous and interesting and exciting and all that, but it was almost like, you know, you were a, prison, a little bit of a prisoner I there. A little bit of a prisoner, yes. <laughs> so I spent a lot of time in my hotel room. Fortunately, I had a friend also from the United States that went and we're good friends. And we played mahjong and cards and did yoga together because we also couldn't go to the gym, we couldn't go to the pool. Um, they did have a, a park or garden that connected the two towers for the hotel that we were allowed to walk around in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I that was less than perfect to have to do all that, but to be able to be there for those athletes because there was basically no one in the stand. So I felt honored that I got to witness all of these amazing swims in person. Right. So uh, I did not watch the Olympics. You know, I, I saw bits. I saw bits and pieces of it. You know, I saw some of the swim meets, and I saw. U.S. and I'm I'm from Canada, so I was rooting for the Canadians. Also, you know the yeah. U.S. I figured if the U.S. doesn't win it, I want the Canadians to win it. You, <laughs> you know, and I watched volleyball. I, I watched parts of it, but I mean, I I wasn't committed to watching everything and all of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, you know, I thought it was pretty good. I watched a little bit of soccer. You know, and uh, yeah, I I thought that. You know, it would have been nice if you, you they would let you watch some of that stuff yeah. and, and be involved in it. And unfortunately, like you go to another country that far away, you, you would have been nice to enjoy the city a little bit. Exactly. And because when they most were on was TV, you know, they would pan different areas. And I'm like, oh, that was there. Oh, I would have liked to have seen that. Oh, you know, or oh, I drove by that. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> That's all I could do. <laughs> wow wow we well that that's incredible that's fantastic so you're going to continue with this venture that you're going to be uh, involved in uh, the next olympics no i will not be involved in the next olympics the united states only allows you to go to the olympics one time um and then basically i'm kind of put on a shelf <laughs> and i'll just be a mentor for up-and-coming officials and um i'll do some swim meets on the, at the national level, but more in helping the people that are now in the line to possibly be selected for the Olympics. So I'll be helping them out. Wow. Well, that's, that's fantastic. But it's got to be, even though you didn't get to see a whole bunch of stuff and you didn't get to tour the city and everything, it's got to be an incredible feeling that you're oh, a part of it. Absolutely. I'm very proud. I feel very honored to have been selected for it. And it was it was amazing to watch these kids and they were so good. I felt like they were, because there wasn't anybody there to cheer them on and get them all crazy. They were just so good. They were so, they, there were very few disqualifications. They swim, you know, they swam fair and they started fair. And it was just, I think it was a unique situation. It's probably the best Olympic for swimming that there's been, because there's always been, you know, all kind of controversy over certain strokes or whatnot, but they were very clean. All the starts were clean. It was just a really good meet. 
So where exactly were you standing at the beginning of the, where they dove so off? I stand where the swimmers start. So um, the edge of the pool where they get up on the blocks, there'll be um, a starting unit next to me and a microphone. And I, it depends on the pool exactly where we stand. For the Olympics and any international meets, they have a podium to stand at and I'm not used to that. So I kind of stand away from it because it's like too creepy for me. Um, but they pretty much tell you kind of where they want you to stand and then you adjust for where you can best see all the swimmers. So how many uh, officials like you are there? Well, there's only two starters. Like I said, me and then the starter that Tokyo decided. To are you at opposite end of the pool? But so you yeah, can- I did all the men's events and he did all the women's events. Okay. And so right. the, the world starter, which was me, they always are given the men's events because men are way more difficult to start than the women. And so they want somebody with lots of experience to start it. So that's how I got that gig. Um, whereas the women, women are pretty you know, easy. They're, you might have one or two that might push the envelope, but not really. So that gives that starter a chance to shine also. Right. When you said you started it, you shoot the gun? No, um, Omega is the um, starting system for all um, high level meets. And, you know, they do the Omega watches and yes. they have a starting system and it's a microphone. It's about this big and it has a button to talk and a button to make the tone for the swimmers to go. And um, you just hold it up and say, take your mark and push the button. But you have to, there's a whole lot more to it than just saying, take your mark. But that's basically what it is. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And you're able, how many swimmers are exactly, I know there's a bunch of them, but how many swimmers go at the For same the Olympics, time? It was eight lanes. Eight um, lanes. As much as 10 lanes, but this was eight. Eight. Okay. And you're able to see them all perfectly and watch, you got to watch like a hawk then. Yes, you do. You got eagle eyes. That's probably why, you know, they, they stop us after a while because, you know, we're getting old, can't see everything. <laughs> yeah, you're like, huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to, to be a starter, you have to be extremely patient and you have to be extremely observant because I have to see every little minutia of movement to determine whether or not that constitutes a false start. Because the swimmers are supposed to remain um, stationary, not motionless. So they're allowed to, you know, adjust their shoulders or whatever, but they can't be going forward to start before the, the sound. So did you disqualify anybody? I did have one. I was, it was so sad. So the other part that people really don't realize is that the first heats of the, um, Olympic swimming championships, there are people that are not elite swimmers, but they were good enough to get into the Olympics because of their country. And so they don't, might ne not necessarily know how to start on a block, know how to even get up on the block and they're very nervous. And so I had a young man, um, I wanna say it was in the 50 fly, no, 100 fly. Yes, 100 fly. And he got up there and take the mark, everybody was down and ready. And then right when I'm pushing the button for them to go, he goes back to go forward and you can't be in motion like that. And so he was disqualified. So instead of staying where he's supposed to, he tried to do like a boomerang or a slingshot. Right, going. right. Yeah, because you go back and then you, you, you yeah. take an extra 
shot yes. at it. So what country was that? He came out and he was crying because he knew what he had done. And, you know, it's just, it's sad. That was probably his only event. And I just felt my heart broke for him, but I yeah. couldn't, you know, I can't do anything. Everybody saw it. So. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it wasn't like just you. Right. What, what country was that? Um, I want to say <clears throat> it was an Arab country. So I want to say it might have been Egypt. Okay. I, I was, was just curious. I, I mean, it was Lebanon. Matter, but it, it was Lebanon. And, uh, okay. and I just felt so bad for him, you know, I just wanted to go over and give him a hug. I felt so horrible, but you know, yeah, it is. What How old are these guys? What, what are the ages? The youngest that we had there was a girl that was 14. And the oldest, I think, was a young man that was like 35, 36. So I'm in. The sad thing of it, the whole, this whole COVID thing, not to dwell right. on that, but for our swimmers, we have a lot of Olympians that probably would have returned had we right. had the Olympics last year, but they're older. And I think for them, that additional year took its toll on them and they did not do well at the Olympic trials we had in, in Omaha. Whereas the youngsters, that extra year gave them more time to really bulk up and get right. ready. So we lost a lot of our big names, Ryan Lochte, um, who else? I mean, I, I, there, there are like 10 of them that, that are just swimmers that we have had and they were ready to go again and they probably would have made it had we had last year. But Right, you know, right. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, as you get older, that extra year really takes its toll because you yeah. lose muscle mass and you lose strength and you lose exactly. speed and all that kind of stuff. And then the younger ones, they get to mature a little bit more. They a little bit bulk exactly. up a little bit more. That's exactly that. it. So they just, they suffered for that and they didn't make it back. And, you know, you could see how heartbroken they were at Olympic trials. And, you know, it's, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> this is the way, it, the way it happened. And so, you know, they didn't get their last chance to go to the Olympics. Right, right. Well, that was an amazing thing that you experienced. Uh, that's 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 incredible that you were chosen, and you got to go there. Uh, too bad you don't get to go again. That would be kind of cool. You know? Know, that would be really cool. Well, yeah. the other part that's really kind of exciting. I'm only the second female starter that has been there. Wow! Well, congratulations. That is that is incredible. That that's an accomplishment. Hey, you know what? You can always tell people I've been at I've been in the Olympics. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like me. I, I, I uh, never went to college. Uh, and the only uh, stint that I had, the only time I had in college, I actually had two years at college. I owned a pizza place next to the college. I used to deliver pizzas to the college. There you go. <laughs> I tell people I went to college for two years. Okay? <laughs> what did you study? Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. It's, it's so wonderful to actually meet you. And I, like I said, I, I've seen you around because I can see your face and, and, and you know, that you've been around and, you know, uh, now I'm going to specifically look for you, uh, you know, when we were around. I need the birthdays too. So my little meme with my little pop bun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's your birthday? No, no, no. The birthdays. I do all the birthdays. In the oh, world. you do the birthdays. Yes. Yes. So if yeah. you see the little face, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's you. Okay. Uh, that's cool. Well, it's amazing. I'm sorry I dragged you back from the pool, but you can go oh, back. It's okay. still beautiful outside. 
yeah. you know, uh, I, uh, I have some stuff to do. And for the past couple of days, I didn't get to play racquetball. So I'm going to go play some racquetball and exercise a little bit and all that. Yeah. And, uh, Yes, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a really good information. And uh, if there is something that you can tell folks, uh, some recommendations you can make about Margaritaville, what would you say is, is one of your favorite things and the thing that you love the most here? Uh, the thing that I love the most here, besides the weather, <laughs> is the, um, just how easy it is to make friends here. Um, I'm not the most outgoing of people and the people here all have nothing, well, not none of that. You're going to meet them whether, whether you want to or not. And then, and you just get friendships. And I mean, I never, it's barely a day goes by that somebody's not inviting me to go do something. And for me right. being not that much of an extrovert, I really appreciate that. And I'm having a ball down here. That's great. That's great. Your husband only comes down on the weekends then, does he? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause he's got to run the business. So mm -hmm. back and forth. Okay. Well, wonderful to meet you. What's your husband's name, by the way? My husband's name is Bob. Bob. Okay. Well, I look forward to meeting him when he's here on the weekends and uh, we'll connect somewhere, bump into each other at the bar and chill or at the okay. pool. And thank you very much for your time. I appreciate no it. And I, I know people are going to love this. I, I love it. I, all excited when I found out that you, you live here. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure. Uh, great. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye.